Today I'm gonna make a mocktail, so no alcohol, but this mocktail is based on a cocktail that's pretty common, what we would have done earlier, uh, which is a riff on a mule. So a mezcal mule. Instead, we're gonna sans alcohol, and it's it couldn't be simpler. When you are effective leader, you're not somebody that other people feel like they have to follow. You're somebody that other people want to follow. So really I interpret your question as, how do I become somebody that other people want to follow? How do people see failure? Well, I think some people see failure as a bad thing because if we fail, then that means other people are gonna see us as a failure. But there's other people who see failure as a great thing because there may be no better opportunity to learn and grow than from failure. Who are you? And where are you going? What do you want? Together we'll find the ideal path on The Way to Wow Show with your host, Kevin Bemmel. It may seem that the nine realms are each separate, but in truth they work together within the three pillars of attainment. Play makes for a healthier life and a more fun family life. Learning improves our finances and helps us develop better relationships. How does mindset help us on the way to wow? Professor Ryan Gottfriedson is going to address that topic for us. But first, Deanne Quinones is gonna mix up a cocktail for us with a little twist. It's gonna be non-alcoholic, right? That's right. Hey guys, thanks for having me back here again. I uh, really enjoy making cocktails for you guys. Today I'm gonna make a mocktail, so no alcohol, but this mocktail is based on a cocktail that's pretty common, what we would have done earlier, uh, which is a riff on a mule. So a mezcal mule. Instead, we're gonna sans alcohol, and it's, it couldn't be simpler. Again, it's the same build, so you don't have to shake, you don't have to mix too many things and not overcomplicate it. So you're just gonna take your glass, Fill it with ice all the way up to the top. All right. And then we're going to take uh, ginger beer. So it says ginger beer, but it's actually non-alcoholic. This just is uh, more spicier, generally has sugar already added to it. So again, you wanna try it and taste it. And if you want more sugar, you can add a little bit of simple syrup. Here, I don't think we really need to. So you're just gonna top up uh, your, co your cocktail, mocktail with your ginger beer. And then we're gonna add fresh lime. So again, if you don't have a squeezer like I've got, you can just squeeze it by hand, that's fine as well. So you just wanna get the lime and the ginger. So the lime is gonna make it really nice and tart. You can add some sugar if you like. I don't think you need to here, I think it's just right. Then you're gonna take some Angostura bitters. So this is uh, a digestif, it helps with digestion, um, and it adds color. So you're just gonna go and put a couple drops on top. So that's gonna make it look the cocktail mocktail part. And then you're just gonna take a little sprig of mint, wake it up, put it in, and garnish with some lime. Once again, voila. Cheers. Cheers indeed. Oh, these are these look fantastic. Drop your line. Okay. Ah. Right. Cheers. Thanks so much. You're welcome. How can you build a stronger mindset? So Deanne made these.
these for us. This is a non-alcoholic mule. Looks great. Yeah, right? Thanks for having me on. Ooh, yeah, that, that, that ginger taste is so good. She hit the spot. I like it. A double sipper. So, Professor. Yes, Kevin. I, I can't do it. No, I have to. How are Gilligan and Marianne? I have no clue. See, does, doesn't know the reference. <laughs> I don't. It's okay. Rick, Rick, Rick will cut that out. Or he'll embarrass me and leave it in. So, Ryan Gottfriedson. I'm gonna read your bio so people know a little bit about you and I wanna make, make sure I get in all the good points. All right. So you hold a PhD in organizational behavior and human resources that you got from Indiana University. Uh, and you are a leadership professor at the College of Business and Economics at California State University Fullerton. So just really just down the road from us. Can I, can I add a point there? Please. We just broke a record. So we are now the second largest business school in the country, student population wise. Really? Yeah. And who, who, who do you have left to overtake? I think it's Central Florida is the biggest. Oh, okay. Wonderful. So you're an author, a researcher, a consultant, all at the cutting edge of leadership development. And I know from following you on Instagram, and, and I think I see you on uh, LinkedIn too, perhaps. So you talk about something called vertical development, and we'll, we'll talk more about that. Um, you also wrote a best-selling book, uh, Success Mindsets, The Key to Unlocking Greater Success in Your Life, Work, and Leadership, which fits in right with what we're doing here on the Way to Wow show because we're looking at life through a holistic lens. So thank you so much for coming to, to talk to us. Yeah. I, I want to start real basically. So we hear this term leadership thrown around all the time. And I'm not sure people really understand what is leadership today. So, so define for us, what is this concept called leadership? Well, I think you're right. I think there's hundreds of definitions out there on leadership, and I'm not going to state the claim that I have the right definition of leadership. But the way that I like thinking about leadership is leadership is about having a positive influence on a group of people in such a way that we're directing them toward goal achievement. And I like this perspective because it focuses on influence as opposed to position. So I think that somebody can be in a formal leadership position and if they can't positively influence those that they are leading, then I don't think that they're a very effective leader. Also, somebody might not be in a formal leadership position, but they could have a huge positive influence on the group that they're working within. So I think leadership at its fundamental core is about having a positive influence. And I don't know about you, but I think that that's a concept that everybody can resonate with. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting because people think about the military and they think about military leadership and they, well, you know, the general says go from point A to point B and, 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 and everybody does. It does not work that way at all. I mean, the best military leaders are the ones who have really almost inspired their people uh, to follow them. And then in the Marine Corps, they have this idea of what they call the strategic corporal. It's the first level of, of non-commissioned leadership, um, but it's so pivotal because he's leading that small group, 
right? And, and, and the whole battle plan can fall apart if the corporal you know, can't exercise effective leadership. So I think, yeah. I, I think you're right, it, it crosses all, all boundaries. So if, if uh, you know, working from your definition of leadership, right, how then does one lead effectively, have that, that influence rather than the you know, coercive style? Yeah, so, and you brought up the great point that effective leadership, or when you are an effective leader, you're not somebody that other people feel like they have to follow. You're somebody that other people want to follow. So really, I interpret your question as, how do I become somebody that other people want to follow? Absolutely. And I think something that really helps me think about this is understanding that there's two different types of development. So there's one type of development that's called horizontal development. This is enhancing our knowledge, our skills, our capabilities. And this is really important. We surely need to do that to become somebody that other people want to follow. But just to kind of drive home the point of this form of development is if we use the analogy of an iPad, well, horizontal development is adding an app onto that iPad. What it does is it expands or broadens our functionality. And this is great. But this isn't the only form of development when it comes to leadership development. The second form is vertical development. This is enhancing our worldview such that we're seeing the world in more cognitively and emotionally sophisticated ways. So to use the iPad analogy, this isn't adding an app onto the iPad. It's actually upgrading the iPad's operating system. So it runs more effectively. It can do more things more quickly, more efficiently. And so my experience working with organizations and developing their leaders is that at least 95% of organizations primarily focus on horizontal development, broadening their functionality through knowledge, skills, and capabilities. But I think that the thing that sets apart great leaders from not as great leaders is their altitude of vertical development. Their degree, the degree to which they can see the world in more cognitively and emotionally sophisticated ways. So peel that onion for us a little bit. I mean, you hear this term, you know, cognitive development, um, and I'm not sure, to be honest with you, I'm not sure I exactly understand what that means. So kind of flesh that out for us, if you would. Yeah, let me give you an example. How would you say most people typically react or respond to receiving constructive criticism? Well, if it's positive constructive <laughs> criticism, they probably react pretty well. And if it's negative constructive criticism, right? They, I think a lot of times people, you know, they get upset or, right, they, they block it out. They don't want to hear it, right? Yeah. So when I ask groups of people this question, I would say the majority of them say that they get defensive after they receive constructive criticism. So that's one way of seeing and responding to constructive criticism. There's other people, I would say, maybe the next level up, they would say... Well, it depends on who delivers it and how they deliver it. That's great. Well, then there's, I think there's another level. And what we're doing is we're moving up this vertical development hierarchy. And at the top level is regardless of who delivers it or how they deliver it, we see that constructive criticism as a gift. So each of these different levels represents a more developed way of seeing constructive criticism. And because how we see that constructive criticism, then it's going to influence how much value we take from that constructive criticism. And we, when getting to that top level is not easy because what it takes is it takes that we have to become good 
with being told that we're bad. And it takes a lot of cognitive and emotional sophistication to get there. But that's hopefully an example that helps us identify different levels of vertical development. So, you know, it's, it, with, with you, it's, nothing is really new. So there's a, I, I wish I could remember which rabbi said it, probably like somebody like Hillel, but he said, um, I love my enemy because he shows me how to be a better me. That's a, you know, not an exact translation of the Hebrew, but so it sounds like that's kind of what you're you're saying is is we should we should love the not only the person who criticizes us, which we're, we're supposed to do anyway, but love what they tell us because in the end it's going to make us a better person or or a better leader or whatever it is we're trying to get better at. Is that does that sound? Yeah, for sure. Let me give you another example. So let's take failure. How do people see failure? Well, I think some people see failure as a bad thing because if we fail, then that means other people are going to see us as a failure. But there's other people who see failure as a great thing because there may be no better opportunity to learn and grow than from failure. And so this is actually getting at a foundational mindset that we have that we distinguish between a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. And somebody who has more of a growth mindset, they operate at a more cognitively and emotionally sophisticated level because they could be okay with failure because they see it as an opportunity to learn. Whereas those who aren't able to do that, they end up stunting themselves in their progress. So how do we develop that, that or how do we develop vertically? How do we develop that greater cognitive and emotional sophistication? Yeah, great question. And the key is, is uh, and I've mentioned it just a couple of times in the definition of vertical development, and that the word is worldview. So we've got to now inspect our worldviews. How are we seeing and interpreting our world? Well, another way of talking about our worldviews, well, that's our mindsets. And I like to define mindsets as the mental lenses that we wear that shape how we view the world. And what our mindsets do is they, they allow us to filter in specific information and interpret that information in unique ways. And based upon the information we take in and how we interpret it, then we're going to think, learn, and behave differently. Such as, if we fail, do we see that as a bad thing or do we see it as a good thing? And depending upon how we see it is going to affect how we respond to that situation. So when I was in the real estate business, I took a, it was called a boot camp from a guy by the name of Tommy Hopkins. He was very, very well-known real estate sales trainer at the time. And he made us memorize certain phrases. And one of them was, I never see failure as failure, but only as the opportunity to learn how to do it better next time. Mm -hmm. Right? And, and, and it sounds like that's, is, 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 is that along the lines of what you're talking about? Spot on. So that's a growth mindset. And the, what I love about that, it, obviously, this is a, something that's wired within you, right? Well, I, I learned that, you know, it's got to be more than 20 years ago. It, it's, it's just stuck with me. So it's perfect because what our mind, I think a lot of people talk about mindsets as being attitude. You got to have a positive attitude. You got to have a positive mindset. And not that that's, totally incorrect. I just think it's a little bit short-sighted because our mindsets are so much more. In fact, if we were to dive into the neuroscience behind mindsets, what we would find is that our mindsets are specific long-range neuroconnections that integrate 
our mammalian, our reptilian, and our human brains. And so what this means is that in our brains, we've got this highway system that is integrating these three different brain levels, and we've got a negative mindset neural connection, and we've got a positive mindset neural connection. And if we ever want to shift from negative to positive, which I've had to do myself, um, then what we need to do is we need to activate and strengthen our positive mindset neural connections so that they fire more rapidly and, and more freely. And so what this means is when you have these sayings, like you just said, the more and more we say these in our mind, those actually serve to activate and strengthen, in this instance, more of a growth mindset neural connection. And as we, as we develop that as our dominant mindset in which we rely upon, then whenever we encounter a failure, we respond to it much more positively than if we had more of that fixed mindset. So if our attitude toward failure is one of the mindsets, what are, what are two other crucial mindsets? Uh, I mean, you're, well, you, you wrote the book, right? <laughs> success mindsets. So what are two, we'll, we'll make a, you know, a triplet out of them. What are two yeah. other success-focused mindsets we should adopt? Yeah, and so my book, Success Mindsets, is a compilation of the last 30 plus years of mindset research. And it stems across management, psychology, education, and marketing. And in each of these disciplines, they've all identified their own kind of pet sets of mindsets. So we talked a little bit about fixed and growth. And the thing that's unique is across all of these disciplines, they've identified this kind of polar spectrum of mindsets. So fixed is more on the negative side, growth is more on the positive side. So a couple of other sets and that we could dive in is, into is a closed mindset on the negative side, an open mindset on the positive side, or a prevention mindset on the negative side and a promotion mindset on the positive side. So happy to dive into either of those. Yeah, so um, take the first one. All right, so the difference between a closed and an open mindset is how open our mind is to the ideas and the suggestions of others. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Why would anybody ever be close to the idea of somebody else? Um, I, you know, frankly, they might be prejudiced against the person for, you know, bigoted reasons. Um, they may be afraid of, you know, letting, letting a new idea in, right? Yeah. It might somehow pollute them, you know, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Um, I, those are the first two that leap to mind. No, I think you're spot on. And I think at the core of, of those things is the idea that what we know is best. So when we have a fixed, uh, closed mindset, we're kind of like this bucket that is filled to the brim. What happens if we try to pour something in a full bucket? Well, nothing gets absorbed. It just runs off the side. And that's the effect of a closed mindset. When we have a closed mindset, believe that what we know is best, then we want to be seen as being right. I know it all. But to have an open mindset, what we've got to do is we've got to leave a little bit of room in that bucket for the idea that we could be wrong. And when that happens, we're not focused on being right. We're now focused on finding truth and thinking optimally. And we're, we're more willing to take in the ideas and the suggestions of others. So I think one of the things that I've learned for myself that is really critical is that this isn't, if we have an open mindset, it isn't to say that we have to run with the ideas and suggestions of others. We can always have a stiff back. We can always take a stand. But the key to having an open mindset is to have a soft front, 
to be willing to take in the ideas and suggestions of others. Not that we always have to run with them, but we have to be willing to take them in. And it, and it takes this foundational belief that we may be wrong, and, and that's a key to having an open mindset. Well, and, and it's interesting that what you just said, that just because we hear an idea doesn't mean we have to adopt that idea or, or internalize it. I think we have to go through our own internal processing process, I know that's redundant, but we have to, yeah, we have to process it ourselves. Does it comport with our values? Does it, com does it really seem like it's going to take us in the direction of our goals, right? Isn't that, so, so for someone who will engage in that process, even if they reject the new idea, is that person still open-minded? Yes, and so what, one of the keys is is to be seen as somebody that is open-minded. We've got to develop skills um, around validating the ideas of others. And so that's really critical if we want to be a leader who is open-minded. But here's the benefit of w what happens when we do this. And Google did a massive research study. It's called Project Aristotle, if anybody wants to look it up. And what they found is that they were trying to identify what was the factor that made their top performing teams top performing? And after a two year search, they found that there's one factor that made their top performing teams the very top performing. And that factor is psychological safety. The belief that you could speak up and take risks without fear of negative repercussion. And so the only way that we can have psychological safety is if we believe that those around us, particularly our leaders, have open mindsets. So this idea of having an open mindset is critical to, to being an effective leader, being somebody that others want to follow. Well, I have to tell you, you're speaking with such clarity. I wish we could go on and on and on, but, but I got the, we have to wrap it up uh, signal. So um, you, you brought a, a thing? I did, yes. Why don't we have, have you put that up there uh, on the collage? All right. How's that look? Well, that looks good, yeah. See, and mastery under pressure, you're gonna have to have that in order to get your mindset worked out. For sure. Yeah. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on the Way to Wow Show. Yeah, Enjoy thanks it. for having me. That's our show for this week. Thinking about what Ryan said, we need to examine our worldviews to see if the mindsets, the perspectives we have really serve us really like what he said about having a soft front and a stiff back. So look, take the ideas in, but you know, don't betray our values. Sage, sage advice. Courage at all times, my friends. Marie, you're still my belle.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.